I say then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary one to another, so that you do not the things that you would. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Your canon, very faithful. Unfortunately, we all have a daily experience of an interior struggle within us. Two different powers within us wanting us to grant their desire. But only one can be followed. We have regular experiences of this interior battle. For example, we hesitate to relieve the poor or our neighbor in need. We want to watch that movie or image, but we know that it is wrong because it is impure. We hesitate to say our prayers as we put it off till the end of the day. We hesitate to stand up for God's law, afraid of our reputation. We hesitate to volunteer or do an act of charity because we will have to make an effort and we may lose our free time. We want that next alcoholic drink and we know we've already had enough. We take pleasure in the temptation of what we know is seriously wrong. Daily we have the experience of an interior struggle between our spirit and the flesh and each wants superiority. These two principles of our activity are so fundamental, we often do not discern between them. But St. Paul in today's epistle says that we should. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary to one another, so that you do not the things that you would. St. Paul says elsewhere, The good which I will, I do not, but the evil which I will not, that I do. Now in the fifth chapter of Galatians, from which today's epistle is taken, St. Paul tells them to live according to the ways of the Spirit, and to put away the works of the flesh that lead to damnation. He states the spiritual life consists in the one precept of charity, the love of God and the love of neighbor. Then St. Paul, famous for his long litanies, in today's epistle gives 17 sins of the flesh that lead to hell. First, he lists four sins against oneself. Fornication. Secondly, uncleanness, that is, sins of lust against nature, such as homosexuality. Thirdly, immodesty in action. And fourthly, luxury or lust in thought. Then he lists two sins against God, idolatry and witchcraft. And then lastly, he names nine sins against neighbor, enmities from verbal disputes, contentions, that is, attacks on the truth with shouting, emulations, that is, fighting with another to obtain the same thing, wrath, when one is hindered from what one wants, quarrels, when anger or spirit leads to blows, dissensions, the result of fighting about human matters, sects, the result of fighting about divine matters, envies, when those with whom we fight are prosperous, and from which follows murder in heart or deed, and lastly, two sins against the necessities of life, drunkenness for food, I'm sorry, drunkenness for drink, and revelings for food. 
St. Paul then concludes the list by saying, They who do such things shall not obtain the kingdom of God. However, this list, long as it may be, is not exhaustive. And St. Paul here is addressing each of those sins of the Galatians. In essence, what St. Paul is doing is giving us a litmus test for our charity. If we commit fornication, impurity, and modesty, wraths, envies, and drunkenness, then we do not have charity, and thus our actions are taking us on the path to hell. These lead to hell because the sinner loves sin, and sin is an act of hatred of God. Our actions indicate what we love. Even our sloth, that is, sins of omission, indicate our lack of charity. Sin enslaves the sinner, chaining them to what is below, preventing them from true spiritual liberty of God. St. Paul is also famous for using symbolic vocabulary, and often his vocabulary is very unique and original. Now when he says the desires of the Spirit, he is universally speaking for all that which leads to what is above. When he means lusts of the flesh, he means all that which leads to what is below. But in reality, lust is not material, but a spiritual desire that accomplishes itself through the flesh. When we lust, it is not our skin that is pulling us to act in a sinful way. Lust is rather a weakness in our soul, and not choosing the spiritual and eternal good, but seeking a transitory, illicit pleasure through means of the flesh. In this way, it is the vehemence of the desire for the sin that overcomes the guidance of reason, and thus our will chooses what is more strongly urged to do. St. Thomas Aquinas states the problem lies in the fact that when the soul is occupied with the lower things of the flesh, it is withdrawn from the higher things of the spirit. But you may object. It seems that St. Paul is saying that anything spiritual is good and anything material is bad, which is the heresy of Manichaeanism that St. Augustine followed before his conversion. However, commenting on this passage of Galatians, St. Thomas Aquinas clarifies that feeding our body and taking normal care of the necessities of our body is not sinful. What is forbidden and sinful is that which is a superfluity or against that which is permitted for man to enjoy, such as too much drink or too much food, or enjoying the pleasures of marriage when one is not married. So how can we free ourselves from unruly, vehement, sinful lusts of the flesh? The answer is quite simple. Charity. We cannot love God and still sin. Period. Love is placed in our soul by the Spirit. Thus, to have charity, we must walk in the Spirit. And thus, St. Paul speaks of three types of enslavement. Enslavement to the works of the flesh, enslavement to the old law, and enslavement to the death of hell. If we are walking in the Spirit, then we shall be delivered from these three enslavements to experience true freedom of God. Then as we turn to the fruits of the Spirit, 
St. Thomas says they are so called as they are produced in us through grace, which produces in us the habit of the virtues, making us capable to perform good acts of virtue. As these fruits of the Holy Ghost are delightful in us, they are called fruits. St. Thomas also calls them flowers, because just as flowers bring the promise of fruit to come in due season, so from works of virtues is obtained hope of eternal life and happiness in heaven. Thus we should desire these virtues, these fruits, these flowers of the Holy Ghost, because it is through the works of virtue that we are able to truly walk in the Spirit, making us worthy of the promise of heaven. Now just as students are seeking to gain wisdom, athletes are seeking to win, workers are seeking to accomplish the task, so we Catholics should strive to gain these necessary virtues so as to accomplish our goal, that is to be saints and to go to heaven. Just as there are good students and bad, good athletes and bad, good workers and bad workers, so we Catholics shall be known to God by our works, either our vices or our virtues. But you may be saying to yourself, that's well and good and all, but how can I overcome my evil deeds? I try, but it is not working. I keep falling. I go to confession every week, and I keep confessing the same exact sins. I confess, and then I turn around and commit the same serious sin. We fall into the same sins because honestly, we love them, and we seek after them. We have free will, and our will can only be moved by what it perceives as good, even if it is mistakenly choosing the evil of sin. When we love the sin, we will love the illicit pleasure. When we love the attachment to sin, when we love the near occasion of sin, we will fall. So to stop sinning, we must hate the sin. We must hate the illicit pleasure. We must hate the attachment and the near occasion of sin. No one does what one hates. Thus, when we have the interior struggle between desiring what we know is wrong and doing the good, we do not hate sin enough, and we do not love God enough. So how can we hate sin more, and how can we love God more? The answer is through the cross, our only hope. Salve cruz spes unica. This Wednesday we are celebrating the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. This ties in perfectly with today's epistle from Galatians 5, as the input for that feast is taken from Galatians 6, which is also the epistle for next Sunday. The introit for the exhortation begins, But it behooves us to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, life, and resurrection, by whom we are saved and delivered. If you are experiencing that interior struggle, having difficulty in desiring and doing the good, then look upon the cross where you will see the love of your divine Savior with His arms wide to embrace you. Look upon the cross as our Lord pays the price for your redemption, as He pays the price for your sins that put Him there. Yet, as we look upon the cross, 
We do not see our Lord in anger, but in meekness. Not in rage, but in a gentle sorrow, knowing that for many his suffering merits their salvation, though unfortunately not for all. If you are a recidivist, that is, one who frequently falls into the same venial and mortal sins that you regularly confess, then meditate on our Lord's cross every day. Meditate on his crucifixion with attention to his words and his wounds. Meditate on the love of our Lord on the cross for love of you and upon your sins that have put him there. When you fully grasp both the weight of your sin and the love of God for you in redeeming you, then you cannot help but have your heart open in love. Then you will be able to walk in the Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.